Hello and welcome to 21st Precinct from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. My name is Kennelly, Frank Kennelly. I'm captain in command of the 21st. I was working my day tour 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. It was a clear, sunny day and pleasantly cool for the time of the year. When I came into the station house at 7.35, I went directly into my office and changed to uniform. Then I sat down at my desk to go over reports and communications that had piled up since I was last on duty 24 hours before. Sharply at 8, I got up and walked out into the muster room where I turned out the platoon for the day tour. After the men who would patrol the precinct for the next eight hours marched out the front door to take over their post, I remained behind the desk for a few minutes talking to Lieutenant Gorman, who would be desk officer during the tour. The sergeant on TS duty sat at the switchboard several feet away. Uh, what time will you have to be there, Red? It's a famous at 10 a.m., Captain. I ought to leave here about 9.30. I don't know what they have to subpoena me down to the grand jury for. In that case, anyway. Well, I suppose they want to definitely establish what property he had on his person when he was arrested. Yes, sir. Uh, who's taking the desk when you leave? Okay. Well, Captain Sergeant Collins is taking the desk. Sergeant Waters will supervise patrol and we're bringing in underwood for TSC. Okay. I should be back before noon. Excuse me, who am I supposed to see? What's trouble, man? Well, I found this tag on the steering wheel of my car. I want to thank you very much. See, I parked my car last night and I forgot to take the keys out. I really appreciate the police doing something about it. Leaving a tag like this is a very good idea. Can I see the tag, please? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Glad it's sits on there where to come. Yeah, I've lived in the neighborhood for four years and I always thought the police station on 51st Street was the one for my house. You have the registration for your car? Yeah, sure, I've got it right here. Oh, sorry, it messes. Uh, I'd like to see your operator's license, too, please. Oh, I'll keep them both together. On the other side of that passage. Thank you. A wonderful service of the police. Take the keys out of the car and leave a tag like that so the people won't get worried. Would you mind signing your name on this tag, Miss Keeson? Why? I just want to compare the signatures with those in your license for identification. Oh, of course not. I agree with you. Don't be too careful. Yeah. Can't just give the key to anybody who walks into the police station and asks for them, can you? No, you can't. Where are your keys? Thank you. Yeah, I'm much obliged to you. This is a real fine service on the part of the police. I appreciate it. And this is for you, too, Miss Keaton. Oh, what's that? There's a summary for you to appear in court next Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Summons? Thank you. You can leave the motor vehicle standing unattended. Three minutes, but he can issue to you in the lot, please. The violation of the administrative code. <laughs> That's what you want to call it. Yes, Miss Susan. Oh, I like that. It's an offense to leave the keys in your car. I just forgot. Well, you forgot, and someone might have stolen it. If the officer hadn't picked him up first. Well, I think it's a lot of nerve to give me a ticket over something like that. After all, it's my car. If I wanted to leave my keys in it, I could do it. But I didn't want to. I just forgot. Uh, you won't forget next time, will you? I don't see why I have to go to the trouble and pay a fine and everything like that. I thought taking the keys out of the car and bringing them to the police station just a service. It is a service, Miss Keisham. We probably prevented your car from being stolen. <laughs> I call it anything but a service. You're welcome, Miss Keeson. Well, I thought we'd gained a friend, Captain. You did, until you handed her the summons. From Harold to Bauman, one easy lesson. <laughs> 
Or one hard summer. Or who's the 124 man on the job this tour? Helen, Captain. Will you tell him to come into my office? Emergency yes, sir. I've got to send the 49 down to the license division. Okay, I'll send him right in, Captain. Oh, that's fine. Oh, Captain. Yes, Sergeant. We're going to leave her. Oh, where is it? Well, she hasn't jumped yet, Captain. She's sitting on the ledge of her apartment building outside the window. 781 East 6060. Is the emergency squad on the way? Yes, sir. Communications zero. Got the call direct. All right. Have a car come around for me. Yes, sir, Captain. Right away. Suicide or attempted suicide is a serious problem. But its seriousness is multiplied several times because an individual in that frame of mind generally has no regard for other lives. In the city of New York, it is not unusual for an innocent pedestrian to be killed or injured when a suicide leaps from a high building. Still more common are explosions resulting from gas suicides. To the police, the problem is as much protection of the general public as rescue of the person intent upon destroying himself. For this end and other rescue work, the police department maintains 13 emergency service squads. Assigned to each of these 13 squads are three sergeants and 24 patrolmen, especially trained for the work. Each squad is equipped with two radio emergency patrol cars and a truck, all constructed according to specifications. The cars, which carry light rescue equipment, are on constant patrol of the districts to which they are assigned. The 13 trucks garage throughout the city respond to the scene of an emergency whenever heavier rescue equipment or additional men are needed. When the RMP car, which had picked me up at the station house, arrived in the block, one of the radio emergency patrol cars was already on the job. So were sector cars number two and number five, and the sergeant's car from the 21st. Two men had been assigned to keep the sidewalk in front of 781 clear, but a crowd of people was beginning to gather across the street. Their eyes were fixed on the 11th floor of the apartment building. I instructed Patrolman Coley, the operator of my car, to pull in. All right. Get busy over there, Coley. Help keep those people back. Go on, get across the street. Sergeant. Sergeant Waters. Go on, get across the street. This is no place for you. Get over there. Hello, Captain. How long has she been sitting there, Sergeant? It's ten after eight, Captain. What floor is that? The eleventh. What about life net? I just came downstairs to check to see what's holding up the emergency truck, Captain. We'll get the nets up as soon as they get here. Uh, you want to come up? Yeah. Her name is Mrs. Elizabeth Wolsey. The neighbor tells me she's about fifty years old. Uh-huh. All right, get on a job over there. Why don't the people walk down this way, will you? Go on. Okay, Captain. Go ahead, Captain. She's a widow. Lives here alone. Uh, the elevator's back there, Captain. How close can you get to her? We're in the next apartment, Captain. We can get close enough to talk to her, that's about all. Uh, looking out the window, that is. Uh-huh. What about her front door? It's locked from the inside. Oh, I see. Going up, gentlemen? Yeah, we're going up. What excitement around here this morning, huh? I'm glad everything isn't like this. Eleven. Now, this dame is bugged. I could have told you she was bugged. Plain nuts. She's like a recluse, you know? You mean she never comes out of the apartment? Oh, she comes out all right. She just don't talk to nobody when she does. It takes like a crowbar to get a good morning out of her. Uh, Waters, who's on the job up there? Well, uh, Meister was the first man here. Started the talk. He's still doing it. I thought it was Lieutenant King. He was out on patrol and responded. He came up. He's talking to us, too. 
You think they'll be able to talk her back in? You're going to have some job. Eleven. Who are those men? Some of us, Captain, and some from the emergency service division. All right, two men. Get it down. Just keep it quiet. You make too much noise out here in the hall, she's liable to hear you and jump. Hey, this way, Captain. That's her door, Captain. All right. Keep these men posted here. Yes, sir. As soon as the emergency truck comes, we'll have the men with the bars and axes here to break it down if we have to. Okay. The next door here is Mrs. Westall. That's where we are. We're talking to her through Mrs. Westall's front window. Okay. Uh, in here. Now that's Mrs. Westall there. Uh, Mrs. Westall. Mrs. Westall, this is Captain Kennelly. Commanding officer, 21st Precinct. Oh, how do you do, Captain? This is awful, isn't it? Yes, it is. I'm sorry to have my men going through your apartment. That's all right. I'm glad to do what I can. Poor little thing. I never knew she was so troubled. I never had any idea. Uh, you know her very well? No, hardly more than tonight, Abby. We've been living here four years, and she's here longer than that. She's never been in my apartment, I've never been in hers. I see. You think you're going to be able to do something? I mean, it'd be awful if she jumped. Well, we're going to try. You want to take a look, Captain? Yeah. Excuse me, Mrs. Westall. Yes, of course. Now, aren't you getting hungry out there, Mrs. Bourgeois? And cold? Now, why don't you come inside and get a nice cup of coffee? Hello, man. Captain. Nice cup of coffee and some hot What about the emergency truck, Sergeant? It's on the way, Lieutenant King. Are you doing any good? Well, I tried. Now, my sister's trying again. Kind of hard to get her to answer. Now, look, you really ought to. Uh, how far away is she? It's about eight feet, Captain. I started to climb out on the ledge of this window once. She said if I came out any farther, she'd jump. Told me not to come out any now, farther. Think you you think we can string life nets below? I got men down on the ninth floor, Captain. They're there with the manager of the building. They're going in every apartment and opening the windows. They're getting ready for the emergency truck. What are you saying? Then you'll be able to get the nets up right away. Yes, sir. As soon as the truck comes. Well, let's see how he's doing. There's something bothering you now, Come inside and we'll talk about it. No, I'm going to jump. I don't care to live anymore. There's nothing left, Victor. I just don't care to live anymore. Well, I don't think there's any problem that can't be straightened out. Not mine. I just don't know what to do about mine. What's that? More pollution? Yes, I think so. There's so much trouble and such a problem. I just have to jump. If I jump, I won't be any more of a problem. Well, that's not so. It might be a worse problem for many people. No. I'm going to jump. 
Goodbye. Goodbye, Captain. Miss Rosie. Yes. It it would be a great favor to me if you didn't. But I should. It would be a great favor. Well, I have to think about it. But I can't promise you anything. All right, Miss Wolsey. You go ahead and think about it. You are listening to 21st Precinct, a factual account of the way police work in the world's largest city. Mrs. Wolsey, apparently demented, remained on the ledge outside her apartment on the 11th floor of the East 66th Street building. Her door was locked from the inside, and we feared an attempt to break it down would cause her to jump. Officers could get only within about eight feet of her by leaning out the window of the apartment next door. For nearly an hour, Lieutenant King, commander of the 21st Detective Squad, Patrolman Meister, and I talked to her in ships, attempting to coax her back into her apartment. All of our pleas were fruitless. In the meantime, specially constructed rope life nets, 20 by 25 feet, were strung from windows on the ninth floor of the building, directly below the point where Mrs. Woolsey was perched. If she jumped, she would hit the net. But the sergeant in charge of the emergency service squad on the job informed me there was considerable chance that the nets would not hold because of lack of adequate support from above. Thirty-eight police officers from the 21st Detective Squad, the 21st Precinct, the 19th Precinct, Traffic Precinct F, and the Emergency Service Division were assigned to various tasks, both on the street and in the building. For instance... Four ESD patrolmen stood at the door to Mrs. Woolsey's apartment with axes and crowbars ready to break the door down. An ambulance from Metropolitan Hospital was standing by. In the apartment next door, Lieutenant King and I were close to the window while Patrolman Meister leaned way out to talk to the woman. You might sit there all day, Captain. Well, that would be better than jumping, man. Yes, Mr. Woolsey? Well, let's we had we lost, didn't we? Yeah. Where is that one on 5th Avenue, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. What's the time you have to Yes, Sergeant. Come on over here, Harry. All right. The elevator man, Captain. Oh, what is it? We got a telegram this morning. Mrs. Mr. Wolsey. Would you like to go back inside? Well, why didn't you tell us this before? I just remembered. Well, how'd you know it was for her? Look, the Western the Union boy asked me where she was. Mr. Elizabeth Wolsey. You took him up there? Yeah, sure. I took him up. Well, it'd be kind of hard to light sitting yeah, up there. Get one of my men out of job. Let him take Western Union. Yeah, that's a good idea, man. You can try. Sergeant, grab hold of Marcus' legs here, William. Yes, sir. Uh, you better get back to the elevator, Harry. Okay, yeah. I'm going. I'll get somebody right on it, Captain. Daddy, stay there. I want to talk to you. This is getting to be a rough one, Captain. Yep. Who? Oh, she wants to talk to somebody else. I yeah, think. yeah. He's right here, Mrs. Wolsey. Do you want him to come out? All right, now you stay there. I'll get him to come right out. Now you stay there. Just don't move. That's right. He wants to talk to you, Captain. Okay. He's coming out, Mrs. Woolsey. I'll get you, Captain. Go ahead. You want to talk to me, Mr. Woolsey? I got tired talking to him. Well, why don't you go back inside and talk to all of us? I really don't want to go back inside. I really want to jump. That's all I want to do is jump, but I'm scared. But... I'm scared. Well, that's a good sign that you're scared. Something to be ashamed of. Nobody that wants me, nobody that needs me. It wouldn't make any difference to anyone. No one at all. It would make a difference to you, wouldn't it? No. Wouldn't even make any difference to me. 
He said he hasn't seen him in four years. He was supposed to come visit her today. And the telegram said he couldn't. But he tried to let her down lightly. He said if he could make it, he'd call her from the airport. Uh-huh. I think I've got an idea, man. What, right, Captain? Whose apartment is this? This is Westall. Oh, yeah. Uh, Miss Westall. Yes. What's the idea? Uh, Who is Captain? Well, maybe, yeah. That's good. Can I see your telephone book? Yes, it's right here. I keep it in the cabinet. Right here, Captain. Uh, you don't happen to have Mrs. Woolsey's telephone number, do you? No, I don't. Good idea, Captain. You might have it. Maybe. Next page. Yeah, there it is. Butterfield 81598. What do you need your phone number for? Well, we don't have time to explain it now, Mr. Westall, but can we use your phone in a minute? Oh, yes, sure, if you want to. Okay, Matt, come on. Let's go talk to those emergency servicemen in the hall. All right. Might work. Well, something's got to. Uh, you, you, man. Uh, yes, Captain. <clears throat> now, look, we're going to try something. We think the reason she's doing this is connected with a telegram that was delivered this morning. It was from her son, who was supposed to visit her in New York. He said he wasn't going to, but if his plans were changed, he'd call her from the airport. Do you think it would take more than ten seconds to get that door open after you hit it? No, oh, no, not that long. All right. I'm going back into Mrs. Westall's apartment. I'm going to ring the phone in, in Mrs. Woolsey's. If she goes back into her apartment to answer it, you'll get a signal from Lieutenant King will be standing there in the door. As soon as you get that signal, you hit Mrs. Woolsey's door and get inside fast. Right, get in there fast and grab her. Okay, man. Might work, Captain. Well, I don't know of anything else that will. All right. You stand right here, Matt, okay? Yes, sir. My two will pass the word to Sergeant Waters. You pass it to me, and I'll give it to you. Okay? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Except for those bars down there. Is something going to happen? Well, I uh, just want to use your phone, Miss Westall. Now, you better stand over there and get out of the way and keep quiet. All right? I'd appreciate it. Yes, anything you say. Good. Uh, Sergeant Waters. Yes, Captain. I know it's not much, Mrs. Waters. You tell Meister we're going to try something. It might bring her back into the room. When she's completely inside, you tell Meister to give you a signal. All right? Good morning. I hope so. Tell Meister. Yes, sir. I'll tell him. Uh, Meister, listen to me. The captain's going to try something. All right. Now, everybody quiet. Keep quiet in the room. Not a sound, please. They set out in the hall, Matt? Yes, sir. Everybody's set. All right. Wait until you get the signal from me, Matt. From me, not from Sergeant Waters, okay? Okay, Captain. Sergeant Waters? Yes, sir. You tell Meister? Yes, sir. I told him. All right. Now, everyone quiet. Stay quiet. Yet. 
Stanley Miss, produced for CBS Radio by John Ives. Our panel speaking. 